Hi, everybody. Welcome to Gridiron Japan. And tonight we're here with John, BJ, and myself, and we are talking Rice Bowl Review. Gentlemen, good to see you. Hey, Greg. Good to be back after uh, missing out on the show last time out. It was a really good one. Just two guys and Aaron listened in. Great one. Aaron, uh, Aaron filled in great for you. Uh, though it's he is kind of MIA right now. We've uh, hopefully we're going to have him, but you know, hopefully he's uh, kind of relaxing in Chicago, just getting away from football for a little bit mm. before he heads off to Europe. So, yeah. and and BJ, how's practice going, man? Man, practice was a it was a gauntlet for sure this weekend. Um, three days in a row, a lot of competition, a lot of hitting, um, but. You know, there's, I think, 80-plus guys on the field right now. Wow. And I think tonight, yeah, tomorrow, well, while we're recording, I think here on the 10th, um, they'll, uh, yeah, so tomorrow I think they'll announce the final roster. Okay, cool. So, how many guys yeah, are going to be on How many guys are gonna be on the roster? 54, 56. Oh, okay, okay. 54. So we should probably explain what that is. People are wondering what BJ is practicing for. That's the uh, Dream Ball, which we'll get into later in the game. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, talk, we talk about the Rice Bowl first, mm-hmm. maybe. and Sure, uh, sure. We, yeah. we let BJ's muscles recover, and then we get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> man, muscles, pains, aches, everything. Yeah. Old man. <laughs> yeah. So, so last week, last Tuesday, it was Fujitsu and Panasonic, and despite all our predictions here, to the contrary, at least for myself, and I believe it was Aaron, who I mm-hmm. who picked yeah, Fujitsu no, no, amongst sorry, us. Man. Everyone else on this show, apart from you, got it right. Okay. Well, Aaron picked Panasonic. Yeah, that's yeah, right, Aaron picked. Myself and BJ. Oh, well, everybody, yeah, yeah. yeah everyone John was on Pan, uh, Fujitsu. Yeah. So. Right. The red Fu- wave. <laughs> Fujitsu won. <laughs> you know, beat Panasonic, at least to me, rather handedly 29 to 21. So John, you were, you were there up there uh, in the second deck taking pictures. So I'll start off with you thoughts on the game. So on the field, like in the stadium, I don't think it felt like it was handy. I think maybe in the third quarter, the tide shifted once Fujitsu took the lead. There was definitely, I won't say panic, but there was definitely a different kind of atmosphere on the Panasonic sideline when they were behind then when Fujitsu were behind, you know, I guess Fujitsu had been there and done it, you know, so many mm-hmm. times. Like right. they didn't have maybe that kind of pressure, but early on when I was watching it, I actually thought Panasonic were going to win it. You know, they went up 14 zero and yeah. uh, they shut down. They allowed one, one touchdown to Fujitsu in the first half and a field goal. So they went in 14, 10 up. Um, having sacked Takagi, you know, preventing a second Fujitsu touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, and then they scored again after halftime. So, like, we, we, I thought at that stage in the early third quarter, I was like, oh, actually, they're going to finally do it this year. You know, they're getting it. And then just in that third quarter, Fujitsu just started turning the screws and, you know, leaning on Trajan more and more. And then just what they've done so many times, they have so many different ways to attack you. But they were just so calm and cool, and they kept, you know, chipping away at it. And once they took the lead, right? I mean, like they went up by, I think it was twenty two twenty one, maybe it was. That was when they took the first lead of the game in the mm-hmm. third quarter. And just at that moment, as soon as they went in front, it was just like, no, nope, they're not going to lose this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It just there was there was a massive shift in feeling, even though Panasonic like had some chances, but uh, I'll leave it to BJ like to, to break down like how, you know, the things people were complaining about the game management and play calling and stuff like that. I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff about that, but the overall feeling I had was like Panasonic came out and rocked Fujitsu, but didn't capitalize on it. Didn't take advantage of the fact that they had them, um, mm-hmm. You know, dizzied and stunned. They kind of, they didn't take their foot off the gas, but they missed. A, they missed out on an opportunity to to put Fujitsu away. And once they went behind, the you know, they just couldn't come back. They just they kind of Fujitsu just had too much experience with them. I think in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, BJ. Yeah. So you know, similar to what John was saying, for me though, I kind of saw the the shift in momentum start in the second quarter. So, right. you know, yeah, Fujitsu came out, um, you know, they wanted the ball first and, you know, they didn't really get much and 
they punt it to Panna. Panna drives down the field. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Boom, 7-0. Um, give it back to Fujitsu. They get, you know, Fujitsu kind of gets something going, but they punt it. Give it to Panasonic. Panasonic, one play. Bang, 73 yards, right? Yeah. Um, Vic Mitchell hits a home run. And then, you know, Fujitsu, again, really kind of struggled to get some momentum. And then that's – this is when I think Panasonic really – kind of they they didn't they try to put their foot on the gas but i i think they did it in the wrong way Mm. fujitsu is struggling to stop the run game and then i think after that touchdown you know john sent us the play-by-play here right Mm. and kind of just how i remember the game you know they right 73 yard run at that point Mm -hmm. you know subasa was struggling um to get anything downfield Mm. um with his reads and things like that the run game wasn't really it was they I think Fujitsu started to see that, okay, we're going to have to run the ball. And what, in my eyes, I was like, well, Pana needs to play keep away now, you know, right. and put the games. Takagi was having a hard time. So you almost got to kind of keep it in that realm where, okay, if he's having a hard time, you're going to have to come out of that. And, um, yeah, you know, after their long home run pa- uh, run, their next series, they went pass, 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 pass. And, yeah. you know, punt, right? Um, Fujitsu kind of drives, gets a field goal. Panasonic comes out, they go run, pass, pass, punt, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as John talked about in the second half, I think with that shift, right? And I was talking, I remember I was talking to my father in law, you know, and I, you know, Jalen Henderson was a great player this year. And uh, for me, though, you know, <clears throat> you kind of got to let, Obviously, it's his first race bowl. It's not Panasonic's first race bowl, but it was his race bowl, you know, going against Fujitsu, things like that. And as great of a player he is, I think you got to kind of take the pressure away from him a little Mm -hmm. bit to keep to keep him from feeling like he has to go and win the game. Right. Um, You know, he threw two late interceptions Mm -hmm. and and, you know, um, one was a bad throw and things like that, but but in a sense, the way the game was going, you could kind of see him, okay, I have to go do something. I have to go make a play where, you know, they have Vic, they have uh, Tatsukawa, you know, their other big, you know, bruiser at running back. It's almost like you got to kind of lean on them a little bit, lean on that big O-line and, you know, kill clock and things like that, play keep away. Because like I said, Takagi was kind of struggling, but Fujitsu got the run game going with uh, Trey Sean. Takagi found his rhythm, and then that's kind of when Fujitsu really started to get it. And kind of to go back as well, um, Panasonic goes up 14-0. My father-in-law goes, oh, wow, this isn't going to be a game at all. And I told him, um, look at Fujitsu's sideline. Because at 14-0, and zero, right, most teams are going to be like, especially at that early in the game, they're going to be like, oh, like, hey, guys, we need to, you know, there's going to be maybe some panicking maybe. Um you never knew that team was down 14-0 if you looked at their side. Right, yeah. It, I, mean, I mean, it was literally just... Yeah. yeah. Uh, even just so, from the TV shots I was seeing, you could tell there was just no... It was just business as usual. Yeah. I and, think, you know, like PJ, John said, they've been there, so... Yeah. You know, I think you, they were in the fire. You hit on a really, really important thing there about Jalen Henderson. So, mm-hmm. the, other, the other side of that is the way they set the league up this year... Panasonic didn't have any competition, basically. You know, they got Obeik in the semifinals, but even that wasn't that difficult for them. So you, mm-hmm. you can't really blame him, right? So, I mean... No, if, no, if no. The numbers no, they went by 12, all means, no, 12 yeah. 32, you know. You're looking at that and you're like, okay, you know, Victor Mitchell has like a nine-yard average and you're giving him 15 carries. And Treshawn's carrying the ball, you know, 28 times for Fujitsu. It's like all, all the things you said, those th- two series before the halftime when they were mm-hmm. up 14-0... They should have just, yeah. I mean, the worst that happens is you just, you know, kill the clock and you win 14 nothing up, you know? Mm-hmm, but yeah. the thing is, like, I, I was looking at that and I was thinking, right, so they're they're up 14-0 and he's been on a team that's, you know, can blow all their opponents out by like 40, 50, 60 mm-hmm. points all season. He's come to Japan. The first, like every game, every opponent has been destroyed by Panasonic. Like, even if you, even if you know that Fujitsu are a good team, Mm-hmm. You know, there's like 
you're on a team that's destroying everybody else. Yeah. And your first year in Japan, you don't really expect it. And you go up 14 nothing. You're like, oh, okay, Fujitsu are a good team. Obik, we're supposed to be a good team too, you know, but we're something different. So, like, his first adversity in his entire season comes, like, in the championship game. So, like, yeah. you know, you can't, like you said, they have players who've been in this situation lots of times. So, you know, they, especially, you know, Victor, like, why they weren't giving him the ball more, you know, like, that's, you know, he's he's doing what Treshawn is doing. You know, Treshawn scores three touchdowns, you know, what was it? Let me just... Um, yeah, three yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. Yards, right, yeah. carries. But that's a 6.7 yard average. Like Vic had 139 yards on 15 carries. So he's carrying nine yards a clip, right? I know mm-hmm. he's a big loss and everything that, but still, it's it's you know, you can't if it's your first year in Japan and you're a quarterback and you're just like, you know, every one of your passes is going for 50 yards, and you have Alfonso and you have you know Jamal and Spasa and all the targets that are completely dominating their opposition you can you know it's like playing preseason games and then playing the super bowl right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah yeah like yeah. you know five yeah. preseason games and now you're in the super bowl against a team that's equally as good as you like you can't be prepared for that even if you know the other team is strong so mm-hmm. yeah yeah to you know mm-hmm. to call all those passes like i think you know if, if he's back with them next year I think it'll be a very different thing, you know. He'll, oh he'll yeah, yeah. what it is, and I think they'll go into that game because the way a little bit more, yeah, more seasoned, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but I then mean, I mean, you know, yeah. I yeah, hundred percent, completely agree with you. Yeah, he and by all means, he should have the confidence, right? He had a really great season, right? But, but you know, what what I was kind of getting to with that was kind of what you were talking about earlier with game management, right? Where you know, like I said, you should have if you're standing on the other side of Fujitsu. Because I was sitting in the stands like, dang, Subasa's kind of struggling, mm. you know. And and I see what Panasonic was seeing, right? They were like, oh, let's, you know, go, 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 go. Mm. Which, like I said, I would have went the other way, right? You yeah. kind of kill time, use Vic, use Tatsukawa, you know, here, here, mm-hmm. here, you know, right? Um, yeah, and go in. Because you could start to take 10 see, minutes off the yeah. clock and go into Yeah, the and now, right? so, now you really, where yeah. Subasa hasn't been able to get his rhythm, now you're going to force him to really find it. And, um, you know, there was a lot of uh, big, you know, uh, third down drops as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a third and eight, you know, Alfonso drops one. Another one, I think it was like third and 10. And he's right at the sticks and he kind of doesn't really bring it in. So a lot of those plays broke in Fujitsu's way as well, which kind of like, you know, like I said, I think it started to bubble up because as the game, as it got later in the game, Panasonic sideline, you could see a little bit of the panic. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, hey, now we got to do something where, yeah. And even, you know, that last drive where really it was, you don't need the points now. You just, you got to get down there. Right. You got to just keep giving yourself a chance. And, you know, unfortunately, like I said, I think with the situation and obviously, you know, Jalen believing in himself, you know, he kind of tried to force that ball in there. But he was and, hit. Um, I think he, he was hit on the second one. I know, or like yeah, he was. Right he, was pressured, like, yeah. he couldn't step into either of those throws. Yeah. And you know, yeah, the receivers maybe weren't helping him out the way they could have been. But you have to credit, you know, Fujitsu's secondary. You oh know, no, yeah, they, they played. They played. All that. And they had yeah. a guy that got two interceptions mm-hmm. and a sack <laughs> in yeah. the championship game and doesn't get MVP. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> um, feel sorry defensive guys. It's hard, man. It's hard to you know. It's hard to get the defensive MVP. Yeah. I've heard of MVP as a defensive player. You know, I mean. But the thing about it is, yeah. you know, they're adding your brother to that secondary next year. It's just yes. awesome. like I don't think Fujitsu is going to give up a point in the first half. And, of and an angry and an angry little brother. Yeah, I saw. Luckily, um, luckily he's Ade, not as he doesn't get as angry as I do, but he's pretty angry. Ade was uh, predicting five picks a game for Fujitsu. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, with their, I think with their, with their uh, schedule, I mean, I don't, I maybe you never know. Yeah. I got they have uh, Panasonic and Obik in the other group next year, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it's yeah, I, it's not I, too far fetched for what Adi said. You so we're looking know. at um, yeah, the the rice ball next year is already decided, right? <laughs> it's a rematch, <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
it's I mean it would be <clears throat> you know we don't know what Obik's going to do obviously but you know it, it would be a stunner the way that's set up it would be a stunner if they're not back in the championship game again in 12 months time you know they are clear the clear two best teams now and separating themselves mm-hmm. so and like mm-hmm. you know Fujitsu is getting back a ton of players like they had you know players in Canada and you know stuff like that all right. pros your brother has been added to is like one of the arguably the best player in the league maybe and he's added to the secondary that's you know already yeah. you know probably the best you in, know you know in the game but um so but the other thing yeah, is the yeah, crowd was a little bit smaller i i know like covid has kind of they had the small crowd in covid and last year was 14 this, this year yeah. was like sixteen thousand. so that was one thing i noticed being in the arena Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, 16,000 people, you know, for a football game outside of the States or outside North America is, is you know, it's, it's really good, good size. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah. really good. But I mean, that game was getting you know, an average of about 25 oh, yeah. like yeah. Uh, when yeah. you were playing. So and it was getting yeah. 35. It got 38,000 and more, nearly 40,000 in the 90s. So, you know, yeah, um, that's I mean, we'll see. It's recovering, but slowly. Um, yeah, I was actually yeah. very surprised as well. Um, because yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, right with COVID here and things, it's still an issue. Um, so I think with a lot of people, they probably just stayed at home and watched it. But um, yeah. I will, I will give this. I think Panam must have handed out a lot of tickets because you know it was, and it was, it was awesome to see that their whole side was filled. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, exactly, John, like. Would they have tickets pre-COVID, you know, right? Like yeah. you wouldn't have had all the free space you would have had. No, no. I remember. I mean, I remember the upper deck just being right. Yeah, but of course, the rice bowl itself used to be the, the students versus the X leagues. The student teams yeah. used to always bring a bigger <clears> thing, but they, even for the X league, the Japan X bowl. But uh, yeah, you're right. I, I saw Panasonic had tickets where you could bring in as many people as you want on a single ticket. Oh wow! You know, um, yeah, they were, but. I think the Fujitsu side, they don't give out any free tickets anymore. So they, you know, everyone has to buy their own um, mm-hmm. tickets. So I think that's probably, in the past, like, there was an awful lot more, like, you know, friends and family and supporters and, mm-hmm. and related companies and stuff like that. So um, there was there aren't as many of those, like, tickets given to people to encourage them to come to kind of try and grow the game as there has been in the past. So, right. yeah. which, you know... I mean, you can look at that two different ways. You know, it's it's good because you want people, you want to know how many people are coming, and you want everyone to be paying in, obviously, right. to help the game. But it's a minority sport, and it has a very low profile, and it's not on TV. So there's, you know, when when you have that many, like you have a fifty thousand seater stadium or whatever it is, fifty five thousand seater dome stadium, you can afford to bring in, you know, <laughs> as many people as you want for free because. You can create fans that way. Right. A lot of people like you know they go to those ball games and they become fans of the game. Like you know that's it's oh, yeah. it's a it's an advertisement in and of itself. Hey, so. even my wife's paying attention after going to the Cochine Bowl. So <laughs> you know, there you not, go. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying she's a fan, though. My brother-in-law is a huge football fan, apparently. Um, <laughs> so but my yeah, my first experience of the X League. So yeah. I, my first games in Japan were college games that I saw with people. But my first experience of the X League was the Rice Bowl. So huh. that was that became like um, for me before I started like covering the league or going to it regularly. Like I used right. to just go to the Rice Bowl every year as a fan. You know, it was the part of my New Year celebration, January third. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> go to the Rice Bowl and you know eat hot dogs and enjoy Americana and stuff like that. So yeah, um, it's yeah, it's it's an advertisement. We'll see how the the attendance yeah. goes in the year. I know but... there's um, this is this hasn't gone gone 100 percent through it but, but i know what they're also trying to do right now just to kind of maybe build that atmosphere up and it also kind of give the younger generation um a fun environment as well as uh the christmas bowl which is the high school championship yeah. is um they're pushing a lot of coaches i know are pushing to have it played before the rice bowl oh in the same venue on the day yeah know? on the same day That'd so like the day. high school championship would be played Mm. They'd have they do that, and then the rice bowl would be played on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, you get a lot That'd of people. Perfect. Yeah, That'd a lot awesome. of people who come for the the Christmas bowl who are involved in the game. Yeah, yeah, we'll go to it. Yeah, yeah I so often I mean, say that um, in Japan, like one of the things that I 
don't particularly like about the sport here is the clash of games. You know, in the, in the States, right? Friday is high school, Saturday is Friday, high school, Sunday. Saturday, yeah. I, I know it's not anymore as, as strict as it used to be, but that's the way it normally goes, right? Friday, right. high school, Saturday, college, Sunday, pro. Well, now you got Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, after, yeah, yeah. Friday, the NFL's yeah, on yeah. 24-7 now. <laughs> Thursday, but, um, Sunday, yeah. Monday. Yeah, <laughs> Wednesday afternoons. Yeah. <laughs> but here, I, it's not professional sports, so it's different, but like the – you know, you you look at the schedule and college games and high school games are all, you know, scheduled at the same time as X-League games or lower division X-League games. So it's, you know, for a sport that's this small, what you want is you want the underage kids coming to the games. You want, right. yeah. you know, so yeah. you don't want, like, I know there's there's limited time and people on every weekend, they want to, the teams want to practice and they want to, but you can, I think they could do a better job of scheduling, even if it wasn't, they didn't have the days free. They could change the time. So, like in the evenings, yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. X League games or something like that. And you know, oh, I would have loved kids could finish practice. Games. Yeah, have games under lights are always better anyway. Oh, yeah. So you know, all kids games and everything should finish in the morning and then maybe late afternoon or evening. You know, I'm uh, all for it in the summertime too because I whoever was planning those back in the day. Yeah. I mean, it'd be August and we'd have like an eleven o'clock kickoff, and I'm like. Yeah. That is the hottest time of the day. You want us out there with shoulder pads and helmets and oh no, yeah. There's no need for that. Yeah. I would can... gladly play, I would kick off at eight o'clock at night in August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Midday summer games are in 40 degree heat, 100 percent Yeah. Those were rough. Crazy. You definitely it... found out who was who on those days. Yeah. So this season ended up in the game that we predicted right from the beginning. Was the, right. The top two. And yep. it, but it was like, I mean, even though we dissected it like that and said, you know, Fujitsu had it all the way, I think it was a it was a cracker of a game. Like, it, it was, was a great, it was a great game. It was a battle. Yeah. It was a battle. So, you know, they that the level, I have to say in general, the level of football that I saw was some of the best I've ever seen in Japan. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. That yeah. that that was a really entertaining high quality game of football so you know i was waiting for the day i would see the statue of liberty play here yeah well you know you got a boise state quarterback so you know yeah which was hilarious i saw it i was like he he pump faked it and i went statue of liberty yeah yeah (laughs) and i had to explain that to my father-in-law what what that yeah and we had to pull up youtube wasn't it boise state that did that famous statue of liberty to 2006 or 2007 the fiesta bowl against oklahoma yeah. Yeah. If you have a Boise State quarterback, you have to run that play. I think it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if you're someone from Stanford, you have to bring a band onto the field. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying. So, I mean, it, it was, you know, the season was largely predictable. Right. Um, you know, yeah. uh, it's a pity that they've set it up the same way for next year again, I think. But, uh, mm. We got the game that we all deserve to finish it. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. if we could have more of those games, I mean, I'd I'd pay to watch Panasonic and Fujitsu, thing, you know, every single week. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know, let's let's I I I put it up as a joke one time, but they should run a Japan series where you know Fujitsu and Panasonic just play each other home and away, like best of seven five. times each <laughs> for the entire season, and then you know, we'll just winner. have we'll get to the playoffs and we'll just say, okay, Pana Fujitsu, best out of five. Yeah. yeah, or just just started in August. Just start them playing against each other every week from <laughs> August to December and see, you know. So I mean, hopefully, yeah. as the you know as it goes, you know, um, yeah, because I mean, it, you know, we joke about that, right? But that's kind of one of the things that I think is holding back this league, right? Yeah. Is right. the disparity, right? Where John literally, outside of the Elecom and Obik Tai, he literally called the entire season. Yeah, and. um you know we that's could not do the good same for right now. We could do the same. Looking at the schedule, you could probably predict oh, yeah. the results of every game next year. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, you don't. There are certain teams like IBM and Rise and Elecom. It depends on who they bring in and you know movement. So they're very you know closely matched in level kind of uh, trio. But yeah, what we want is we want the other teams to. I know it's difficult because they're the Pana and Fujitsu are company teams and they have the extra practice day and you know, the the funds and all the rest of it. But, like, you'd love to see the other teams yeah. come up to their level. And, you know, Obik fell off a bit this year for 
reasons that we've discussed lots of times, which is a shame because we had three strong, three teams that were championship contenders. And it seems to be like two at the moment. Uh, we'll see how Obik do next year. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, if you could get IBM and Rise, Elecom even up, like if you had a five or six team, you know, possibility of a championship, that would be a game changer. You know? mm-hmm. when, it, when it's two or three, it's just, just too many games that don't mean anything really. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so we'll and that's see. kind of what leads to right, like you know, when we talked early in the season, that's kind of what leads to Obic doing what they do, right? Where they just look mm-hmm. at their schedule and they're like, you know what, we just really got to worry about Fujitsu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have the things that happen, right? They tie Elecon because they're kind of looking over the shoulder. So, you know, and that that's kind of even like my first early years, and and you know, the league was structured differently, and and there were a lot of teams that really didn't belong as well uh mm-hmm. i mean like my very first game i ever played here we won 93 to zero yeah wow you yeah. know so you know and then I, that was kind of like my what and you know and then there are moments where i kind of fell into that trap right where i'm like oh, right. okay we're playing you know so and so like oh, we'll be all right or, and is there know. any way i mean obviously we're i mean is there any way is there anything that the x league has done the people who run the league to address the inequities or do you foresee, I mean, do you guys foresee any change in any of this? Cause I mean, I think the problem, Greg, I mean, it's, you know, this is some a discussion they've had for years and yeah. so many times, but this would take us about 12 yeah, hours. This would take like seven us. hours <laughs> to go into it, but. We'd be, um, we'll talk about this until tomorrow morning if you really wanted to. We we, we can leave this with the off season when we've no football to actually talk about. Yeah. So we can just you know yeah. six weeks of shows complaining about what's wrong with the, the game. You know? <laughs> and another thing. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, I mean, you know, we all love the game, and you know, the, we all respect the players who are playing it, and you know, we're fans of the league, and we're, we just want we just want uh, everyone to you know obviously be stay safe and healthy but also like you know to have a chance to a fair shot right um so it's it's good to see i mean like with aaron aaron winning the area mvp and coming back next year playing in the super yeah and so hopefully you know i mean hopefully we're gonna you know hopefully that's gonna you know i mean aaron's gonna get his shot you know i'm it would be awesome to see him play. <laughs> you know, we're, I don't, we're know how, I don't know how awesome he feels is playing against <laughs> yeah. some of those defenses, you know, but, but uh, yeah. to be able to, at some point, you know, my, my, my hope is that next year, like, Hey, did you see that game against Aaron? He blew away, you know, beating Fujitsu. That would be a dream just, or, or Panasonic or whatever. I'll take that bet. I'll yeah. take that bet. <laughs> that's, that's no knock on Aaron. That's just like, yeah, <laughs> that's just, yeah. No, but yeah, but yeah we can we can talk about all end, kinds right? of things, you know, yeah. games against, yeah. you know, Mexican teams or European teams, or but I think that's all kind of for oh, we'll yeah. save those for off season stuff. But Definitely. what we should probably talk about is the reason that BJ's got muscle pain, <laughs> popping Advil. Yeah. Oh. So you were asking him, Greg, about um, how he's feeling in the practice. So. BJ, do you just want to, for people who aren't uh, tuned into football in Japan, do you just want to explain what team you're on now? Yeah, so um, right now I am on the Japan national team, um, which is more of an X-League all-star team. And we'll be playing against um, an Ivy League all-star team coming up here on the 22nd in the uh, Japan National Stadium. So it's called the Dream Bowl. And, um, yeah, we just had our first... uh, three days of practice, um, you know, back to back to back. We had 80, 80, 85 plus guys out there. And, um, you know, these three days were kind of a, a trial, you know, to kind of see what they got, who's, who they're going to keep. Uh, I think the coaches are meeting, you know, pretty much tonight and their final roster will come out tomorrow. Yeah. So, so you are on, yeah, like you said, it's not, it's not called the Japan team, even though it's kind of basically the Japan. Yeah, it's team. the national uh, Japan yeah, national team, Japan All Star team, mm-hmm. kind of, or what depends on whatever. So it's like you said, there's about eighty players on it now. So the the roster is going to be trimmed down to sixty, um, well, sixty one actually. So what you're going to have is fifty four players from the X League, six players from college, 
mm-hmm. and then there's a special position for a sumo wrestler who is mm-hmm. uh, uh, Hanada, yeah, Hidetora Hanada, who is uh, amateur collegiate champion. So he won the mm-hmm. uh, the amateur Yokozuna title a couple of years ago when he was a freshman. Um, he was one of the most promising rising stars in in amateur sumo and you know expected to turn pro and and do well in that as well but he decided to he sort of fell into football he fell in love with football and he started going into that and then he has quit sumo and now he's focusing full-time on on training in football and trying to become the first sumo wrestler to our first japanese person to make it onto an nfl regular season roster so um yeah he's uh He's a kind of special position on the team. So I, I, I don't know how you can actually probably say, how has he been looking in those practices? Like, has he has he picked up a lot of football stuff over the last year or so? Or, you know, so. Yeah, so, yeah, he's been practicing with Fujitsu right throughout the season. Um, you know, he. On a one on one level, he has actually gotten a lot better. Um, mm. And obviously the hard part with taking that next step though is you know the lack of experience in games and things like that right being able to to see because he's playing on the interior d-line right now so just kind of being able to see what the o-line how the o-line is moving and kind of what it what it all means right kind of putting two plus two um he doesn't have much experience in that but when he's in a one-on-one situation you know we do one-on-one pass rush or one-on-one just run yeah. Uh, kind of reaction. Um, he actually does very well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've seen him up close for the last about month and a half, and I mean, he's making progress. Um, but the next step is right, just kind of being able to, you know, put yourself in the situation of, you know, playing as a unit, playing and recognizing what everything is as as it's happening, you know, on the on the fly, is. But he, you know, he has some. I think he has some potential. You know, he just has to kind of get in there a little bit more. <laughs> so he's young and, you know, he's obviously he's very strong and he's very powerful. And yet putting up clips of him blowing away guys, like you said, one on one. But that's, I mean, basically like sumo. So that's that's nothing to him. But you and I yeah. think we've talked about this in the past. So the, <clears throat> it's kind of if you have a real dream of making the NFL, you know, the mm. mental side of the game obviously is the biggest thing and you need to go mm. to college to in the States and play in mm. the States. So I, I feel like maybe, you know, he has his own ideas and his own path and everything and he's training here. But I, I, I'm of the opinion that he'd probably be better off just go to the States and, you know, go to a junior college, just get on a team and start playing, learning the game while you're still like 21, 22, because right. it's, you're, you're practicing against people who've been playing like BJ since, you know, since they could walk. So mm-hmm. the mental side of football is such a, that's the biggest barrier to anyone. That's the reason that Japan dominates everyone on, you know, a team level in Europe, even though Europe has, you know, bigger, stronger players. Because of the, the college. Part. Yeah, because just, you know, everyone's been playing the game here since they were kids and their knowledge of the game is just on a completely different level, you know. So right. what you have now is, you know, Japan is playing a D1 FCS all-star team this month. And, you know, we all expect Japan to win that game. So that wouldn't have, you can't get that in Europe. The last time Japan played a game was on March the 1st, uh, 2020. They played the Spring League, which is now the USFL, mm-hmm. their all-star team. And that, you know, they had a chance to win that late. They were they were right in contention. Like They lost it by 20 points against a lot of guys who were, you know, fringe NFL players who were experienced in NFL regular season. So... You know, Japan doesn't have the physicality, but it it has the mental side of the game. But like when you're somebody like him, who is the opposite, who has all that power and strength. So um, my own personal opinion is he'd be better off just going to the States and getting into a, a situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I guess like there's language. I think things like that. Kind of talking to him. He, he is. I think next year he is going yeah, somewhere. It would be good. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, the earlier, the better is my opinion. I think he talked about, I think next or maybe even this spring, he talked about maybe going to a UH Manoa. Excellent. So, yeah, that's the way to go. I think. And I forget, it was there or somewhere, like, somewhere random. And I was like, no, go for, I thought it for your sake, go to Hawaii. Just right. because you'll be, you know, it'll be not too far from home. Right. Um, if you do feel homesick, there's a. It'll feel less foreign. 
there's a big Japan community yeah. there in Hawaii. So you won't be, you know, you won't be out in the stick somewhere. And maybe there's like one other person from Japan that can mm. kind of relate to you. So, right. Um, but no, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, I think he kind of realizes that. I think some other people have been, because I asked him and he, he was like, man, I think he wants to go to somewhere in the States. So, mm. you know, I think he's on that track. So hopefully, yeah, he make, takes the right steps, you know, and hopefully we can see him uh, doing, you know, well for himself coming up here soon. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I don't know how much if he'll get any game time in this game. The the current uh, makeup of the the practice squad will say it's, you know, uh, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So it's got like 26 Panasonic players, 23 from Fujitsu. 10 from OB mm-hmm. Gate from IBM and uh, then probably about another 10 from the various X1 super yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's it's mostly Fujitsu and Panasonic with, a, a, you know, open, I think it's Obix D-line mostly, but that that's obviously going to be cut down, so we'll see. But the Pretty two much. teams that we... Yeah, it's eight guys on defense from Obix, two from offense. So. so basically the Japan team this time is more or less the the two top teams outside North America that we talked about battling it away mm-hmm. in, in the ice ball, they're now going to be combined with uh, some of the stars from the other teams. And, uh, you know, what's the feeling like? I mean, is there a lot of confidence or, you know, um, Japan obviously has played, Japan beats everyone except the US. That's mostly mm-hmm. the way football goes. So like Japan won the first two World Cups, which the US didn't enter. They lost the... <clears throat> The three that followed, obviously, you were a part of the World Cup winning team. And like you said, you're going to be the first ever player on both Japan and U.S. teams. But what's the mood like in the camp at the moment? Um, Yeah, the camp, you know, it was good. Uh, a lot of players, there's a lot of confidence. Um, You know, I think what's kind of interesting is there's actually a lot of, there's a lot of good leadership. Um, You know, I think, you know, the, the team captain is uh, Cho who's the team captain for Fujitsu. You have, um, you know, you have guys like Omi. You have uh, Masumoto, who's a uh, vice captain. You have, you know, guys like, uh, you have Ovix, uh captain, Masaki. Um, and I think there's a lot of great leadership that I've seen. You know, um, I know I take it upon myself to kind of step and bring, bring what I have to the game and bring to what I have to the team as well. Um, obviously being on the other side of this game, you know, I kind of have an insight to what, you know, the other side will probably be thinking because yeah, in 2015, right. I was, I was uh, the defensive captain and, you know, um, yeah, I remember for the United the States, you're talking yeah, about for the U S yeah. For the U S team, I was the, the team, the U S captain mm. and, um, you know, we beat Mexico that next day. We go into meetings, we get, you know, the game plan and a lot of guys on defense are kind of having the like, oh, you know, this is Japan. They're, they're all small and stuff like that. And I, and, and um, I kind of just remember sitting in the back of the room and just hearing all the words being said and just kind of realizing where we were going as a defense. And I remember I threw, <laughs> I threw from the back of the room, I threw a water bottle at the, at the whiteboard <laughs> and the whole room went quiet. And I stood up and I was like, if you guys think this game is going to be easy, you guys are dead wrong. Yeah. I was like, their, their target is circled, cross-haired mm. on, on us. I was like, they're preparing everything for us. So if you guys take them lightly, they will beat us. I was like, these guys are very good at executing. They all know each other very well. They all know each other from college, high school, wherever. Mm. Um, you know, they have they have weapons. They have talent. If they can have belief, they mm. can get us. And well, we that almost have- happened four years earlier, yeah. right? Because it took it took the U.S. double overtime, double overtime, in Japan yeah. in the 2011 World Championship, 23 yeah. uh, 20, field goal, right? double overtime in Kawasaki. Yeah, so. Yeah. That was the U.S.'s first. Um, so just a little background for people. So mm-hmm. probably since the late 90s, 98 was when like international football, including Japan, started becoming a thing. 
Japan <clears throat> started off their first ever game against Finland in in 39-7 win in the Tokyo Dome and then just like just rattled through everyone like they didn't lose a game then from the first like, one two three four five six seven eight nine i don't know it's like just they they beat everyone and you have scores like 88 0 88 12 54 0 you know 44 21 76 7 so they won the first two world championships uh italy in 99 and then 2003 in germany and easily so they, they were easily they won the world championship and then uh, 2007, uh, the US entered the World Championships and that was held in Japan. And yeah, it actually went to double overtime and the US actually won. And then 2011, uh, Japan actually lost. The only game they've lost to a team outside the United States was Canada. They lost 27-31 to Canada in the semifinal. So they didn't get to play the US in that. And then BJ's team... Vijay, who was captain, like you said, 2015. That was, uh, you played Japan twice in that tournament. Yeah. Yeah, so the interesting thing is Japan's last four games, they, (laughs) there's three of them were that 2005 tournament. Two of them were losses to the United States and one is a win over Mexico. And then over the last, since 2015, Japan has played a single game. And that was the one we said earlier against the, now the USFL, which was the, spring league in 2020 so i think you know japan has played one game in the last eight years basically right so since you since you beat them in the world championship so the national team has is very strong and i think you and i bj we both said like the level of the game here has you know gone through the roof since 2012 13 14 so the team is an awful lot stronger than it was and i, I would think I don't know what you feel about this, but I would consider you favorites to beat the Division One All Stars, like the FCS Ivy League All Stars. Would you agree with that? I mean, there, you know, the Ivy oh. League used to come here and play the college things, and like mm-hmm. I know you said, like you know, there's a lot of good players and they can play really well and all the rest. But mm-hmm. my feeling is that you guys are going to beat them, and you know, it's going to be. Oh yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I agree uh-huh. with you, John. I got that Whoa. feeling too. I mean, I don't, I think the Ivy mm-hmm. Leaguers are, you know, uh, the Ivy Leaguers don't, I don't think they realize what they're coming to, who they're coming to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, so, I mean, there's part of me that, yeah, I mean, obviously, right. I'm part of this team um, mm-hmm. and I take pride in that. And obviously, yeah, I think, I think we're going to shock them, which yeah. is, that's all we need. Right. Right. We get the shock effect, right? And we get out mm-hmm. early and then we can get them in a situation where we can control. I think, yeah, you know, it'll be something that they're not prepared for. Um, you know, we talked off camera, right? I think there's, um, I think we kind of have the advantage in the fact that, right, that we're able to prepare now. Um, we're able to build that trust and that communication, right? And that leadership, find the leaders with among the team um and all that and find that camaraderie earlier than they mm-hmm. can um and because they won't be able to practice until literally about the week of the game and that would be the first time they all meet each other you know right. try to figure things out um and it's and install we, a play yeah. system too i mean yeah i mean it just so there's just so much that goes into that yeah where i'm looking at it like hey there's not much you can really install right right so as a defense i'm looking at it like what like they can't have too much. So, you know, and, and I think on this side, right. Being able to have, you know, and I've talked to guys, right. Like, you know, I'm looking at the the score right now. We went up at halftime and it was only 11 to three. And I think we had two turnovers in the. No, the 2015. Yeah. 2015. We, we had two turnovers in the first half, which kept the game as close. Yeah. That was a team that had players at all levels of college football. You're talking about like big schools, you know, D1, like yeah, yourself, I mean, we D1, had, FBS, yeah. schools and, you know, there, there was, was a mix of players. Yeah, I mean, there was there was guys from, you know, University of Washington. There was a guys from Boise, University of Hawaii. Then you had the D3 guys, like our, our starting quarterback was from, um, wow, why can't I remember it? He was oh, from was a that, D3. Uh, there was Kevin some Brett Burke. Favre. Uh, no, oh, he was, he was, yeah, he was one of our quarterbacks too. Yeah, yeah, Dylan Favre. Yep. Dylan Favre, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the my other co-captain, 
Kevin Burke was our starting guy, but he was from the D3 level. Mm. Um, you know, we had all linemen. You had the quarterback from TCU, right? TCU. Jeff Ballard. Jeff Ballard was quarterback from TCU. And uh, oh, no, that's 2007. So I'm looking at the yeah, 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No. Uh, Cody Hawkins was, yeah, the 2011 one. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. Kevin Burke and Dylan Favre, Mount Union. Yeah. Yeah, Mount Union. Yeah. So D, small D3 school, but. I mean, you know, he was super talented. I mean, the, the MVP of the whole thing went to Army. Mm. He went to, he played for Army. And I mean, he was a hell of a guy. Trent Stillman. I mean, that dude was a stud. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had a mix of players all up and down. But, you know, like like I said, we had, before that whole tournament, we had a whole month together. Yeah. Or we had like three weeks together. And like, it was, we knew each other inside and out. I mean, we lived in the dorms together, mm. you know, and um you know and I was telling some of the coaches today like I remember as leaders you know me Kevin um and the two other guys we were talking we were like hey so lunchtime you know we're gonna have the D-line and the O-line eat together today um dinner D-line you know quarterbacks running backs um you know tight ends you're gonna go eat with the DBs tight ends receivers you guys go with the DBs and you know we're all mixing and making sure that you know, as a whole, we all had each other's back and things like that where, you know, and I, I, I'm not, this isn't a knock on the level of the Ivy League, right? But but not having that time together and not having the quality reps and be able to, right. to practice at the level that they probably want to practice at, they're probably going to be at a disadvantage there. Um, this is our home turf. We Like I said, we all know each other. Mm. And, you know, the coaching staff kind of all knows each other. And... So, you know, and I mean, like the last few days, I mean, it's been great. It's been great competition. Mm. A lot of great things have been said. You know, it's not, you know, there is, there's a sense of urgency in the right way, right? There's right. not this, we got to do something special, you know. Um, so the leader of the, the captain of the team showed today before our team defense, our first period, he, he said, hey, just, he's like, play to our standard, play to our abilities, run to the ball, attack the ball you know, get the ball. And right. That's literally all he said. And so, you know, things like that where I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm a veteran player. Where I kind of sit back and I watch and I'm like, okay, to keep that kind of stuff or keep that focus, right. Where it's like, you know, oh, we're playing Americans or we're playing all this. Like there is none of that talk. There is none of this. We're not building them to be something greater than they really are. Right. And again, that isn't a knock on them, but it's just, you know, we're not building them to become this greater thing that we have to like overcome it's we're looking at them dead in the eyes you know and they're they're the team we're gonna play but we have confidence in ourselves that we can play at a higher level so i think the yeah the, the team environment this weekend was really good mm. so they come i'm looking at the schedule here they come on the 15th and they arrive on the 15th the game is on the 22nd mm -hmm. so they'll have a week they, so Jet lag won't be a thing. Um, no. Obviously, the Japan team as well is a kind of all-star team, but like it's it's made up of two to three big teams, the majority of the players. Mm -hmm. um, just what is it? Like you've played for the United States. You've won the World Cup, um, like you said, as a defensive captain for the United States. But, you know, you've played here for a decade or so. So, you know, your home is here. Your family is here. Like this is, this is where you build your life and your, you know, your your non-collegiate football career and what does it mean to you now to be obviously you're in the final roster there's always the possibility that you'll get cut <laughs> i know if they do that to you, if they do that to you twice in the one season i don't want to i you know i don't want to be within like a hundred miles of you when that goes <laughs> off, you know but um that's that would be yeah that's not going to happen i think but uh yourself and your brother obviously you played yeah, you're holding up your World Cup winners medal there. I can see it, but um, like Messi, like Messi. Now you have your World Cup. That's a beautiful medal. For people who can't see it, it's got like that, the dark blue ribbon with the stars. It's just, it's a really nice medal. Um, but assuming things go to plan, you and your brother are running out for Japan. You know, like it's the Japan All Star team, but it's basically like the Japan national team. Mm -hmm. uh, so even with the Americans, they're still only going to stick to the X League rules of I think two Americans on the field at most mm -hmm. at any time. So, like after your decade here, what does it mean to be representing Japan? I mean, does it have? 
it's obviously different because it's not your own country, right? It's not the country of your birth. It's not where you grew up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it is your home for the, mm-hmm. you know, for a, a big, big part of your life. So how does it compare to running out, you know, hearing the Star Spangled Banner while wearing the US uniform? Like, does it, obviously you haven't done it yet, but I mean, what, what are the feelings right now that you're feeling? I mean, yeah. So in 2015, I mean, you know, when I got the phone call from my former head coach, I mean, I, I was like me, you know, me and, and I was like, you know what, I'll be there. And because, you know, when are you going to get an opportunity to do that? Right. And for American football, right. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, some big glorious world, the world cup or the Olympics and things like that, but it was, it was a very big honor. And it's something I'm proud of to this day. Like it's, you know, like I still have my medal. I still have my jerseys, you know, and I, I still keep it. I have my, you know, I have my helmet right here, you know, and I know it's not going to show on the camera, but I still have my helmet with me, nice. you know, and, um, you know, it, it, it's a, it was a big part of my career. And, you know, like you said, right. For me running out for Japan is going to mean, I mean, there's a lot of emotions that are probably, I'm probably going to go through that day. Mm. Um, you know, it's going to mean a lot because, you know, like you said, right, 10, I played for 10 years here. Mm. Um, Japan changed my life in so many ways, positively. Um, you know, I've come across many, you know, you guys. Um, I've met so many people across the football world. Um, met my wife because of coming to football, mm. to play football here in Japan. Right. I've had my kids all in that and Oh, I mean, that day is going to be fun. You know, it'll be, it will be my official last, you know, <laughs> this whole weekend, everybody's like, BJ, are you really done? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Mm. I'm after this game, I am 100% done. Um, and the other reason why I wanted to play was because of what had happened, you know, with Obik right. and things like that. And, you know, and when the offer came, um, I kind of looked at it as, you know what, this is, you know, what what happened with Obik was probably meant to be because where I am now in my life, probably wouldn't have happened had that not happened, right? Had I not been cut, I don't think the opportunities I have now wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, at the time, right, it's hard to see that. Um, but, man, to be able to 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 give one last effort with everything I got for the country, right? For the country who let me play here for 10 years, it's going to be fun um, to go out with a lot of my former teammates. is going to be awesome. And then obviously to get, and obviously he still has, you know, years to play, but to get one last one with Bronson, yeah, you know, and, and my parents are going to fly in, but to get one last one with him in front of them on this stage is going to be awesome. And, you know, and I hope, you know, I hope when I, you know, walk out that stadium, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, well, first off, it's going to be with a victory, mm. but regardless, I mean, it, it literally is just a big thank you. You know, that's kind of how I look at it is I'm giving everything I got to the place that gave me everything I have now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I hope, like I said, I can, I can leave an impression on the players, you know, my teammates, the teammates that I'll play with on that day. And I hope, you know, even, you know, like we talked about earlier, I hope not just me, but I think across the board, the whole team, I think hope we can leave something that the younger generation can look at and Mm -hmm. be like, wow, you know what? Yeah. I'm going for football. I'm going for bigger goals. And, and I hope, you know, this is the, I hope this is the catalyst that really launches football. In here in Japan is kind of how I I want everything to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean it should be it should be in a, a fantastic game, you know, because even if you do shock the Ivy League thing, they're all D one players, so you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, they'll make their adjustments and they'll come back yep. strong. So you know, it, mm-hmm. it it should be a really good game. We just hope that yeah. there's going to be a yeah. big crowd for it, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah. Olympic yeah. Stadium. Well, I, just, I, I know I'll have a I'll have a cheering section. I think my wife said there's about a hundred 
10 people coming. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you might need a so, few more to build the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you're doing, you know, you're making an effort. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, I think, I think, you know, my parents are coming. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my grandparents are kind of getting up there. So I don't think they'll make it, but they've seen me play enough. Um, yeah. You know, I think my sister is going to get here. And shoot, I haven't seen, she hasn't seen any of my games since. You know what? I, I'm going to blame her. I haven't won championships because she stopped coming to watch my games. <laughs> I was undefeated. I was undefeated. I was undefeated in the JXB every time she came. Look at the, every yeah, time she just... came to the JXB or the Rice Bowl, I was undefeated. So that's that's you're blaming your sister for your yeah. failure. So you call, you're not calling your sister a jinx, are are you though? No, no, no. That's why <laughs> she she's coming. She's coming to watch us, so we're gonna win. Yeah, but, gonna win. no, but so, yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be a good time. Let me just give people the details of that uh, for anyone who is wondering. So the Ivy League All Stars are taking on the Japan All Star team on the twenty second of January in the Olympic Stadium in Tokyo, uh, 1 p.m. kickoff. And the game is not going to be broadcast live here, which is yeah, uh, unfortunately. That's a whole other thing, you know. But um, tickets are still available. If you go to Inside Sport Japan, our social media, we put up links, but or the X-League site or any, any of the football, major football accounts on any social media, there's going to be something about it. The game will be shown on N- NTVG, which is Nick Dele, which is... Uh, Nippon Television, a subsidiary of Yomiuri, the, one of the biggest media companies in the world. Uh, that's going to be it's going to show the game on their satellite channel, which is obviously a paid service at 8 p.m. that night. So if you want to see the game and you're in Japan, the best way is, you know, go to see it in the Olympic Stadium. Yep, come on um, in. Which is a beautiful stadium, you know. Uh, you and I were both there for the rugby, the All Blacks, oh, a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. I've been at it for lots of events. Um, I'm going to be there for the game. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, I think it's among football people, it's probably one of the most anticipated games because, you know, Japan used to play the Ivy League. <laughs> well, mm. Japan college students used to play the Ivy League from 89 to 96. There was, um, it was called the Ivy Bowl, the Epson, who was a sub sponsor of it at that time. And the US team won them all. They used used to blow out Japan in, in the late 80s, but then the games became very competitive, you know, 10, 15, 20 point wins for the, the Ivy League All-Stars against Japan college students, which were a, a very low, not lower level, but a very different level. Yeah, lower level than the Japan team now. So that's why we're expecting, uh, you know, you guys to win. But it, it's probably since the NFL stopped doing the American Bowl, those international just one-off preseason games around the world, it used to be in Japan almost every year. And since they stopped doing that about 10, 15 years ago, uh, this may be the biggest game, you know, football game in Japan. So obviously the the rice bowl is big for the game here, but uh, internationally speaking, it's definitely one of the biggest in a long, long time. So beautiful venue, beautiful stadium. Um, and let me just uh where is it now i want to bring up something about the if i can find it um the team so we were talking about the the different players okay so the the american players so the japan team obviously you know it's going to be named at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning it's now 8 uh 20 here so it's about just under 17 and and 16 and a half hours from now uh they will announce the final roster Currently, the foreign nationality players on the team for the that could be named that are Trajan Nixon, Samaji Grant, and Joe Mathis from Fujitsu. Uh, from Panasonic, you have Alfonso Onwar, you have Joshua Cox, and unfortunately, Jabari Williams, who was the league MVP last year, cracked his tibula or fibula, maybe in the yeah. uh, Baseball, so he has a fracture. So obviously he's not going to be playing in the game. That's a huge loss. That was actually we didn't touch on that, but I'm you know him missing out. You know he he's the kind of player that could have changed things late in the game for Panasonic. You know, yeah, great player, great guy. You know, beloved completely uh, by mm-hmm. everyone who's met him here. Especially I think he's 
he has a love affair with Japan in the short time he's been here. And it's it's a shame that we won't see him because, you know, it would have been great to see him in, in the uniform. And we wish him all the best and get back. So there's the couple of Beatties, Byron Beattie Jr., whoever that is, <laughs> BJ and Bronson. And uh, also from IBM Big Blue, we have John Stanton. It was, uh, I think he just completed his 11th season, is it? 10th? Yeah, his 11th. Yeah. Uh. Um, legendary player. Hopefully we get him on the show sometime because he has one of the, the most interesting stories of any player in Japan. So, um, yeah, heavy Panasonic Fujitsu. Uh, the BG brothers obviously came from Ovik, but they're not on Ovik, Ovik, and then IBM. So we'll see how many of that group is in the list at 11 o'clock tomorrow. And then you have, uh, there's going to be six college students. So there's, there's a list of about 12, 13 college students at the moment. So six of those uh, will already will also be on the, the team. So yeah, it should be a good one. Um, unless you have that uh, satellite service, the only way to, go to see the game um, is going to be going to it live. If you're abroad, obviously... I don't know if you have a VPN, maybe you might be able to do something, but it, it's a shame that it's not been shown. I don't know of any plans to show the game. We'd have to check with the Ivy League people, but uh, and maybe there's a, maybe there's a possibility they might replay it on YouTube after all is said and done. A lot of these games, yeah, somebody uploads it on YouTube and then it stays there until it gets taken down. So like, <laughs> it depends, depends on depends on whose content it is that they put up, but uh, um. Normally, the Rice Bowl and the Japan X Bowl before it were shown by NHK, which is the national broadcaster. So this is a different company. So we'll see how tolerant they are when it comes to the uploading their stuff. But, you know, you, you want people to see the game. Right. I oh, mean, yeah. ideally, you would want them to be able to watch it live. So that's that's a massive shame. Um, you know. Uh, and who pretty... knows? Maybe we'll start seeing now with uh, the NFL going to YouTube TV and everything. Maybe we'll start seeing more of the other leagues start gravitating towards YouTube and who knows, who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, the way things go, things will always get easier over time. You know, right. I, I grew up in a time where you had to wait till the newspapers came in like three weeks later to find out what happened in the NFL. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there was, that was literally it. They showed it on TV when I was a kid. So I, I, that's how I fell in love with football. But then when they stopped showing it, the only way I could get football results because I had no relations in the States was right. when the newspapers would come out a month after the games, uh, the, there was like a monthly football newspaper that would oh, come from, okay. so, but it wasn't even Irish. It would, I have to have ordered from London. So I had to have to order a newspaper from a third country to find NFL results a month after they happened. You know I mean? That's so. <laughs> that's dedication. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's, is, that's, that's dedication. That's the way things used to be, man. I used yeah. to like, you know, you know, it's it's not that long ago. I mean, I, I went to college when the internet was not yet a thing. I was like, I, I graduated a couple of years before the internet became a big thing. So um, you know, you know, encyclopedias on CD were like oh, those, you, I mean, I was also. on the very edge of that, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I I know what you're talking about. I mean, I I didn't have to wait a whole month, but you know, like for in high school right when we for us to figure out who won the games we'd have to wait for the newspaper and we'd be like right like yeah. oh so and so you know okay yeah. they won okay they lost yeah well growing you up know. in the 70s you had a choice in the states between sports illustrated sport or the sporting news and then your local newspaper so it's uh oh. <laughs> yeah and we did We're... see and, and when we saw nfl highlights we saw him at the halftime of Monday Night Football, and Howard Cosell did the highlights. So, yeah. <laughs> so, we have this is January 9th, it's the evening of January 9th. So, we have about 12 days before the game kicks off. So, I, I think, I don't know if BJ's uh, um, schedule, or, you know, obviously he's going to be getting ready for, ready for it and everything, but uh, maybe we'll try and do another show. Yeah. You and I, Greg, or, you know, yeah. if it gets close to time, maybe get. Uh, Gino Gordon on, who is also instrumental in in setting this up. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that would be great. Have, or, um, but, I uh, talked with him, and mm. um, you know, I think probably by next week mm. we're gonna have a an episode of Playing for Sushi out. Excellent. Um, that I sat with him and kind of talked about talked about his background and how the kind of the game came to be and okay. kind of mm. what you know we sat down and kind of shared our ideas and 
shared our his funny history together. But no, yeah, you, you should definitely, you know, Gino, busy man. He's in Okinawa right now on a work trip. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that's what he told me. He's a mover so. and shaker. And he's an Ivy League man himself, obviously, a yeah. Harvard graduate. Yeah, Harvard grad. Yeah, running back for that team as well. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Well, yeah, let's, man, let's, let's do it. The year. Yeah. Let's, yeah. So, yeah, I never said Happy New Year to you guys. That's no, you do. Yeah, right. Happy New Year, bro. Happy New Year. Yeah, that's right. What's the what's the time limit for saying that? But it's the first time we've met this year. So Happy New yeah. Year and uh, congratulations on on a, on a season that ended the rice ball in a good one. And let's have a, a good one in twenty twenty three and hopefully lots of good yeah. content yeah. for people. You know, definitely. Well, gentlemen, on that note, let's sign off from here, and uh, we'll see each other on the flip side of this of our sign off and. Uh, for everybody else listening to Gridiron Japan, thank you very much for tuning in. And you'll be hearing from all of us real soon. Take care and goodbye. <laughs>